You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Hello. How's everyone doing? You all right? Good. I don't, they didn't trust me with a, a glass, so I've got a plastic cup today, so um, I was told after last time, I don't know what happened last time, no. Um, I was a little bit, just as Tyler was talking at the end there, and he was, he was getting onto the subject of like, how we're, we're called to, to do and be doers of the word and stuff, I was like, you're getting quite close to the topic of my sermon today. And I was a little bit apprehensive that he kind of like didn't keep going for longer and longer because I was like, I'm going to have no material left <laughs> to bring. But I don't think it's a bad thing to reiterate it. Maybe, maybe God's got something to, uh, to say to us today on, on that subject. Um, you know what? It's great to be here this morning at church and it's great to be serving, serving God together. And I'm just going to move this slightly out of the way. Because my arms swing about and I don't want to break things. Um, and I'm so glad that I'm here and I'm, I'm able to be part of this church family. Like I really am. And I'm, I'm really glad that, um, I get the, the chance to continue on, um, working in the church and, and just being part of this family. And I was saying, um, I was saying to Philida the other day, um, that this really feels like home now. And has done for, for quite a while. And so when I've been back to, um, to visit my parents a few weeks ago and other times and stuff, and I've gone back to my old church or I've gone back, um, to my parents' church or, or all these things, it always feels like I'm a visitor. And when I come back here, it feels like, like home. So that's, that's a, that's a good thing for me. It's a good feeling for me. And hopefully that's encouraging to you guys as well. Um, I love what we're about as a church. And I love where we're heading and where, where God's, um, taking us in this next season. It's exciting. And, you know, I think I'm feeding back a little bit. Um, God's taken us so far, but He's not taken us there yet. He's not taken us all the way, um, to the, to the end, to the end, um, goal. We still have a way to go. We're still called to keep moving on and keep pressing on into what God's got for us. I just want to say, let's, let's not be satisfied with the desert. Like the Israelites, they were, they were taken out of this, this land of, of Pharaoh and, and all the oppression and all the stuff that went along with that. And they got into the desert and, and they started to think, we've made it. And they, they were kind of getting satisfied with the manna. They were, didn't like it that much. But they were getting kind of satisfied and they were getting kind of okay with it. And they were, and they were, and God was with them and miracles were happening. You know, they, they says that their, their sandals on their feet never wore out and things like this. And amazing things were happening. But that wasn't where God had called them to. That wasn't the, the end that God had, had called them to. Um, and I want to say, let's not be satisfied with where we are now. Let's be pressing into everything that God's called us to for the future. And I think with everything that we, we're doing over this next season. I think that's, that's part of that and that's a continued sort of stuff that I guess we, we really need to get behind. So let's keep pressing into what God's doing and where He's moving us to. So this morning, um, my, the title of my message is called To Do. 
So you can see the link in there with what Tyler just shared a minute ago. And I want to talk about the kingdom of God, what it is and what our response to it ought to be. Um, and when I say the kingdom of God, I'm, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because we'll be here all day probably discussing all this stuff. But what we, what I think to ground us initially in, in what we're talking about, when we see this phrase, the kingdom of God in the New Testament especially, sometimes it's, it can be a little bit confusing. Even in Matthew's gospel, it's referred to as the kingdom of heaven. And we can get, we can get all these different ideas in, in our heads about what we're talking about. So I want to um, ground us on what we're talking about so that we're, we're all on the same page, if that makes sense, right at the beginning. Um, in short, I think the best way to talk about what we're talking about when we talk about the kingdom of God, that is confusing. The best way to talk about the kingdom of God is to not think that we're talking about going to heaven when you die. I think that's a common misconception that we can, we can read, especially we read into it when we read the kingdom of heaven in Matthew. We kind of think, well, heaven, that's where God lives, that's his kingdom, so that must be, when I read this phrase, I'm thi- I, I ignore the kingdom bit and I just think heaven and I just think where I go where I, when I die. But actually, what the New Testament writers were talking about was something that was fundamentally different, something that was all about God's rule and God's reign and God's justice. It's part of a bigger biblical narrative, a bigger story, that says that the creator God will one day put the world to rights. What was broken will one day make all things new, will one day restore. So when we pray, um, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying that God's justice will reign on earth as it does in heaven. We're not talking about a place that we go when we die. We're talking about a God who brings his justice here, who brings his restoration here, who will make a new heaven and a new earth, who will restore all things to himself and will dwell with his people forever. I think, in short, it's a statement about transformation rather than escape. And so often, um, even even in my own life, there've there have been times, especially, I know, especially as a younger, as a younger believer, I, I kind of thought, you know what, I've got my ticket out, I'm okay, that's me, I'm sorted. But actually, when we read this phrase, the kingdom of God, we're talking about transformation, a transformation in us and a transformation of the world around us, rather than us escaping and getting away from it all. So, I want to focus in on what this is and what our response ought to be. And I want us to look in Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. We're only going to be looking at verse 15 and and a little bit of verse 14. So you can turn there if you want. But it's an important verse. See, this verse is at the end of what's called the prologue of Mark's gospel. So the... If you want, if you want a, a more understandable term, is it's like the program notes that you would get if you went to see a play. You would go to see a play and you get program notes. It would set the scene, everything that's gone on beforehand, and then out onto the stage walks Jesus and says, Mark chapter one verse fifteen. 
And he says, the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That's his opening statement. That's his, that's, if you want to take this sort of dramatic analogy further, it's, it's like the scene's been set. His opening statement is the kingdom of God's come near. Repent and believe the good news. That tells us a couple of things. That tells us that Jesus in some ways is involved in bringing about the kingdom of God. And it also tells us that it's good news. What I find really interesting is that according to the Bible, what Jesus is doing here is declaring the gospel. When we see gospel and good news, it's the same word in the Greek. It's interchangeable. It's just for whatever reason has sometimes been translated differently in different um, versions, probably to make it easier to understand for us. Yet, when he talks about gospel, his gospel message is not, I've come to bring forgiveness for your sins. It's that the kingdom of God has come near. So what does that mean? And how's that, how's that different to how we sometimes think about the gospel and, and I want to say how we sometimes box it in to certain things. See, so far we have a statement that by Jesus that the good news is that the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is at hand. And I think when we, when we see that, it would be helpful to know what the good news looks like, what the kingdom of God looks like. I think it would be kind of helpful. So, and there are loads of passages that you can dig through your Bible and, and kind of figure out, well, when the kingdom of God comes, it'll be a bit like this or it'll be a bit like that. And Jesus goes through all these analogies in, in parables and, and in stories and says, well, the kingdom of God is a bit like this or it's a little bit like that or it's a little bit like this. And it, and it can get overwhelming in, in some senses. But I think there are some passages and one particular springs to mind is Isaiah chapter 61. Um, and it's this one that Jesus turns to in the scroll um, that's in the story that's written in, in Luke chapter 4. He gets into the synagogue and it's his turn to preach. It's his turn to get up and talk to people. And he turns to Isaiah 61 and he reads it out. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. So what does the good news look like? Well, it looks like God's justice reigning on earth. It looks like justice for the poor. It looks like release for the captives. It looks like recovery of sight for the blind. It looks like freedom for the oppressed. And it looks like the year of the Lord's favour. And I think that sounds pretty good to me. I don't know what you think. But that sounds pretty good to me. What I'm saying is that good news, this, this idea of the gospel, is about more than we often make it. It's about more than we of, what we often box it in as. It's bigger. And I don't think we can necessarily contain what it is, especially all, all into sort of one sermon. But there's... There's a guy, um, a theologian who I sort of really like reading and, and listening to his stuff, um, by the name of N.T. Wright. He was, um, he was the former Bishop of Durham. But he said this, he said, there are many Christians who would find it quite sufficient if Jesus had been born of a virgin, died on a cross, and never done anything else in between. 
And the inconvenience for us is that he did other stuff in between. And that's what's written down in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. That's what's written down in our Gospels. And that calls us to do something. Because if it's good enough that, that Jesus had been born of a virgin, died on a cross and never did anything else, then what's the point of his life? What's the point of his ministry? What's the point in all that? Because I think that's something about what the kingdom of God is. I think that's something about, that looks like the passage that he read out from Isaiah. Recovery of sight from the, for the blind, freedom for the oppressed, good news for the poor, setting the captives free. That looks a bit like what Jesus' ministry was. That looks a bit like the kingdom of God. Maybe Jesus' life and ministry was about showing us what the kingdom of God is like so that we can follow his examples, so that we can follow his leads, so that we can become a little bit more like him and, and a little bit more um, sort of bringing about the kingdom of God on this earth as, as we live and as, as we are here. See, it calls us to response. He didn't do it so that we could have a ticket to heaven, so we could have an escape. That's not the purpose of his, of his life and ministry. But it's order to bring, in order to bring about the rule and reign of God. See, we often talk about God having a plan. And we often personalize it as well. But you know, God's plan involved Jesus bringing about, beginning, inaugurating his kingdom. And it involves you and me responding to the reality of that kingdom. Jesus' death and resurrection, it caused a fundamental shift in the way that the world works, in the way that the universe works even. And no longer are we in bondage, but we're free. No longer are we far away from God, but God's drawn near to us. And no longer are we sinners, but we're sons and daughters. We're not meant to be those who hope to and wait to just escape and, and go somewhere else. We're meant to be those who pray for God's kingdom to come. And we're meant to be those who actively bring that about. It's not about a ticket out. It's about a call to change. A call to be restored and to be transformed. And a call to live in this world in a unique position as witnesses to a world that God's already transformed through Jesus. See, we're witnesses to that. That's what we've that's what we've come to see. That's, we, can, we can witness that by the Spirit living in us. But it's no good keeping that to ourselves. See, we need to be drawing those around us into his kingdom. Not simply into a future hope, but, into, but to walk with them in, in, long, in long, lifelong discipleship. As they learn more to, and more how to live like Jesus, as we learn more and more how to live like Jesus, there's a connection, there's a, this whole element of, of being community and being, being a church family is about building each other up into becoming more and more like Jesus each day. It's not, I can't do it on my own. It's no good, like, me just, just cutting myself off and trying to live like Jesus just on my own. I've got to do it in community because I need that sort of, accountability and encouragement and all that stuff and it's the same for all of us and it's the same as we go out of here into the the spheres of influence the relative the 
the different groups of people that we know and that we have around us as we, we're showing them constantly how to live like Jesus, what it looks like to bring the kingdom of God. Jesus, he showed us how to live and he calls us to a life of following his lead. To live in the reality of the kingdom. To live in it now and in the tension that it's not yet fully here. That stuff's not yet fully um, realised that, um, you know, there's still stuff that's, that's broken. They're still oppressed. They're still captives. There's still... There's still all this stuff that doesn't look like the kingdom of God around us, but we've been witness to a, to the kingdom of God. We've been witness to a better way, and we're called to bring people into that. It's good news for everyone. And it's a story of, it's more than a story of sacrifice. It's a story of freedom from slavery. It's a story of the promised land. It's a story of return from exile. It's a story that, sees God restoring his broken creation and making it whole again. And that's our hope, and that's what we hope for, and that's what we see in the scriptures, that God is going to restore and bring about that which was um, perfect at creation, that that is going to be restored in the end. Which is great, and I think is great news, but I also think that it requires something of us. If that's what we believe, then it requires something of us. It requires a response. Essentially, that response often goes like, what's God's will for me or what's God's plan for me or what's God got for me in this season or, and all that sort of stuff. And, and I know Tyler touched on this whole idea of God's will um, recently, a couple of weeks ago, and I want to add a couple of things. Firstly, that God's will is for his kingdom to come and to be fully realised right here, is for a restoration of humanity, for a new heaven and a new earth, and putting all things to rights and making all things new. That's God's will. Now that may or may not involve certain aspects of how our own lives work, and we may or may not feel like we're we're in the place or in the situation that um, that is necessarily what God's got for us. At, at a certain time, we may feel like we're in a time of transition. We may feel totally in the right place. We may feel stuck in the wrong place. But that doesn't change the fact that God's will is to see his kingdom come and that we're called to do and we're called to be a part of that. See, what you can see throughout scripture is these little phrases like what's what does God require of you? You can see all these different places in, in scriptures where you, when we talk about God's will and God's plan, we often, we often make it small and about a certain thing or a certain thing that we might do or a certain element of our lives. All throughout scripture in different places, we've got just statements about what God's will is and what God's plan is. I think I, I like to use Micah 6 8 as an example. Um, which says, what does the Lord require of you? To love mercy, to act justly and walk humbly with your God. I mean, if that doesn't look like his kingdom coming on earth, I don't know what else really does. And finally, I think that God's will is that we're involved in actively bringing about his kingdom. 
actively doing something and working towards something. You see, this is, this is kind of where I'm going with this tension. It's, it's not a, if it was just a ticket out, then once you've got your ticket, you're done. You don't have to do anything. You're fine, you're sorted. But if it's God's kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven, then that requires something of us. Because we're witnesses to God's kingdom. We have the spirit living in us. We know what it's like to be in a world that God's changed. And so how can we bring that about? How can we do something to show the people around us that actually there's a better way? It's not just all, um, let's hope that we, let's hope that we can get as many people, give as many tickets out to heaven as we can, and hopefully some people will take them. And that's great. It's actually, there's a better way for you to live now. Yes, there's this promise of eternity. Yes, there's this promise of future hope and, and everything that goes along with that. But actually, there's a better way to live now. You can have hope now. You can have joy now. You can have peace now. You can have just security and fulfillment in God right now. And that comes through understanding that, that actually the kingdom of God is good news. It's good news for me. It's good news for you. And it's good news for everyone around us. I think John 3.16, we often talk about in a personal way that God so loved the world and we, we, that he gave his son and we, we take out subconsciously the, the world out of that and we go, God so loved me that he gave his son. But actually the phrase is that God so loved the world. So yes, you're included in that, but so's everyone else in, in your sphere, in your social group, in your sphere of friends, everyone that you like and everyone that you don't like and everyone who you think has done some, so, such terrible things that they shouldn't be included. Well, God so loved them that he sent his son. And that's not just a message for me and for everyone else sat here, but it's a message for everyone outside of these walls that God loves them and that God sent his son for them and he sent his son for everyone that they know. And you see, this is, this is what we talk about when we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're not talking about me and having this, um, this little escape plan for myself and a little tiny escape pod that can fly off. I don't think that's how it works. Um, we're talking about a love for the world that was so strong that he sent his son. There's this word gospel or good news. In the Greek, it involves this active bringing about of good news. It's an active thing. The word was a common word that was around the at the time in the first century that people used. And they used it of people who would bring the good news to a certain place, to a town or city. They would bring about that good news. That's why you have phrases like, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Because in the days before we had connectivity and iPads and iPhones and other brands of smartphones um, and internet and, you know, just being able to connect with each other easily and quickly, even, I mean, if you're not with technology, even in the days before Royal Mail, we can go there if you want. Um, there was... The thing is, the good news did not exist in the place that it hadn't been spoken. 
So that's why this phrase, good news, is about the person who brings about the good news. Because if it's not been spoken in a town, then it doesn't exist. If the emperor decides to cut taxes, and the guy who's bringing the good news gets killed on the way, then that town never cuts taxes. Because the good news doesn't exist in, the t in that town, that taxes are being cut. Until it's spoken, until it's said. It's the same as, like, you go back in our, our own history and you have, like, town criers bringing forth this, this particular news or this story. It didn't exist in that place until someone brought it. And so that's what we talk about when we talk about gospel. It's the active bringing about of this good news. We're called, in the same way, to bring about the good news of the kingdom of God. Good news for the poor, freedom for the captive, release for the oppressed, sight for the blind. We're called to be part of bringing those things about. And we're called to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. Let me just say that it's not about where we're called to be. It's not about being called to a certain place or job or seeking God's will about if you should be involved in this ministry or that. It's about bringing about God's kingdom. And if there's a gap that needs to be filled, then it, we're called to fill it. And we're called to do something that needs to be done. Now, whether that's, like, don't hear what I'm not saying, whether that's, like, for um, all time I'm going to be doing, like, kids' ministry when I'm not really very good at it or, you know, that sort of thing. The, that's not what I'm saying, you know, there's there's elements that, you know, God calls us to certain places for certain times. and But he always calls us to do whatever situation we're in, whether we like the situation or not, whether we like the people that we're working with or not, or whether we see um, him moving in that situation or not. You know, God's called us to bring about his kingdom wherever and whatever we're called to bear witness to the kingdom that our eyes have been opened to. We're called to bear witness to the transformation of the spirit in our lives. Not about where we're called to be, it's about what we're called to do. And what we're called to do is always God's will for our lives. No matter if you think you're in the right situation or not, you can always be in God's will for your life if you're doing what God's called you to do. And that's to bring about the kingdom of God. Whether you think that you're in the, the best place, whether you're praying for an opportunity to open up to go to somewhere else or to do something else, you're still called. See, in response to God's kingdom then, we, we shouldn't be asking ourselves if God's will is to go to this place or that place. Because God's called us to do. Wherever we are, whatever situation we're in, he's called us to do. He's called us to bring about his kingdom, to declare the good news. Ask yourself, how can I bring about the kingdom of God in this situation? In my work, in my, in my family even, in, in my street, in my town, my sphere of influence. What, whatever place you're in, God's placed you there for such a time as this. You might be the only person, you might be the only view of Jesus that someone gets in their week, in their life even. And we're called to, to present the good news that the kingdom of God is at hand. And what that transformation has happened in our lives and what that looks like to those people around us.
you know, I think we often, we often think that, that when we talk about mission or, or evangelizing or, or anything like this, that we often talk about, um, people in far off places or sending people out to, to go to other countries. Um, and we, we often think, well, our country, well, I can pray for those people or I can give money to those people or, you know, I can do this or do that or, or the other. But our mission field for each and every one of us is our sphere of influence. It's when we go outside of those doors, we become missionaries. We become those who bring good news to people who've never heard it before. And that's not always vocalized. Like, we don't always say to people, I'm, have you heard about Jesus? Have you heard about this or, or that or the other? We're journeying with people. We're spending our lives with people. And sometimes it requires us doing something nice for someone that we wouldn't, that no one else will do. Or it requires us giving a bit of time to someone that no one else has got time for. And those little things in life that people start to notice. And they go, hold on, there's something different. And what is that something different? It's that, it's that you understand and you've experienced what the kingdom of God is. And that's what you're revealing to people. Day by day, week by week. We're called to actively participate in God's plan. Wherever we are and whatever we do. We bear witness to the kingdom of God brought about in Jesus and that transformed the world, that transformed us and will ultimately bring about the restoration of creation. So, what, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say this. I think our... It can be, it can be challenging, um, and it can be challenging to ask these questions of us, but I want to ask a few questions and I want us to just reflect in our own heads on, on where we are with these questions and wherever you are, that's fine, but I want to give us the opportunity to, to think on those. So, what are you doing where you are to bring about the kingdom of God? What is your mission? What's your sphere of influence? And how are you serving that community? I just want us to reflect on those and maybe um, just, if you can try and internalize and, and just reflect like, what am I doing? What am I, what is my mission? What is, what is the mission field that I have? What is my sphere of influence? See, a, fr a phrase that I, um, that I heard when I was, what, years ago was, um, was that no one's ever argued into the kingdom, but they're often loved into the kingdom. And I, I used to have these debates at school and at college and, you know, and you'd have these debates about why this person was wrong and why I was right. And I still have debates about why I'm right, but that's, a, that's an ongoing battle that I've got to deal with, I think. Um, but you'd have debates about, you try and argue people into the kingdom of God. People are never argued into the kingdom of God, but people are often loved into the kingdom of God. 
How are we loving those around us that don't know him yet? I don't know, maybe Tom and Dave and the band can come up, that'd be cool. I want to bring, I want to bring a little challenge this morning. And, um, I think if, if you're challenged, if you're challenged to do something more about bringing the kingdom of God, in, in your own world, then I want to ask just in a minute that you, that you come forward and receive some prayer. Not that coming forward and receiving prayer will actually do anything towards you bringing the kingdom of God in the, in the place of the, the people around you that, that you're in, but, but to make a statement, to step out and do something. Sometimes when we step out and we get out of our seats, that's, that's a, uh, sort of subconscious thing to our own um, minds to say, actually, I'm responding to this, I'm stepping forward, I'm doing something in response to what I've heard, in response to what God's done in me over this time and over this um, this service, that actually I'm not going to just not take it away and not do anything, but I'm going to bring about the kingdom of God. And I want... For those who um, come forward, it might be one person, it might be no one, it might be everyone. It doesn't doesn't matter to me in that sense. Um, I want you to claim for yourselves, Isaiah 61, that the Spirit of the Lord is on you because he's anointed you to bring good news to the poor. He sent you to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour so if if that's you and if God's speaking to you and, and he's calling you to to do something different why don't you why don't you just come to the front and receive some prayer thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.